Good evening and welcome to Storytime with Stephanie. I'm your host, Stephanie Alton. And Storytime with Stephanie is a segment of the Writer's Anointing podcast that you can catch on any of your major podcast streaming platforms. Storytime with Stephanie is our opportunity to give authors and a chance to share their stories, tell us about their books, tell us about themselves and what it is that they have upcoming. And so tonight I'm so happy to have with us on uh, what, episode three now of season three, Sonetta Guyton, who if you follow her on social media, most of you may know her as Miss Hopeful Romantic. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about that as well. Sonetta was born and raised in Miami Gardens, Florida. She has a bachelor's degree in human resource management and management information systems from Florida International University and a master's degree in business administration from Nova Southeastern University. She is employed as a government agent um, with a government agency for the past 17 years. Like she's so youthful looking. I can't believe she's worked anywhere for 17 years, <laughs> but she has 17 years with the government. And as Miss Hopeful Romantic, she believes that there are so many gems hidden beneath the surface of our life experience that need to be shared. And what I really love about Sonetta and her book is that she's not afraid to share. And she is open and honest um, and candid about a lot of the experiences that either she has had herself in love and relationships, um, as well as those that she interviewed for her book, Diary of a Hopeful Romantic. So we'll be sharing um, all of the links for you to be able to contact Sonetta to be able to get copies of her book. But I am so grateful to have Sonetta with us tonight to talk about her book, Diary of a Hopeful Romantic. So Sonetta, are you with us? I'm with you. Hello, hello. How are you? How are you doing? Hello, 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 hello. I'm doing great. You look beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Are you getting so, a delay? Yeah, there's a little bit of a delay. We're just going to pray through it. You know, we know these things happen and it's okay. So you oh, just okay. chime in whenever you hear me. Okay. No problem. All right. So Sonetta, I shared a little bit of your bio, um, shared with everyone that you're known as Miss Hopeful Romantic. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you came to write this book, Diary of a Hopeful Romantic. Well, hello, um, my name is Sonetta Guyton, as you already mentioned, and I deemed myself Miss Hopeful Romantic because I felt like I was not a hopeless romantic. Like that's the term that most people use to describe themselves. Hopeless to me means like fairy tale. Like it's not realistic to what's going on in real life. So I felt like I'm more hopeful than hopeless. Hopeful sounds more positive as well than hopeless. Um, hopeless romantics, you know, they, they think that someone's going to come and then sweep them off their feet and they're going to ride into the sunset. The hopeful romantic, she puts in the work, you know, she's mm -hmm. trying to fix herself. She's hoping for the best. She's doing whatever she can to make her situation better, but she still wants that ideal love life or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, more about me, I'm a foodie. I love to travel. I like to go to a restaurant. I like to relax. Um, those are my main things that I love to do. Okay. Um, how, the, how the book came to be is I'm very open uh, on Facebook and on, you know, so how that came to be was my family. We're a very open family, like my mom, my dad, my sisters. We can almost talk about anything. So I've been used to sharing my story. I've been used to being in, living in my truth. So that's how it all unfolded with me being open on Facebook and just telling my stories of my dating relationships on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people will come to me and say, you might want to get into starting a, comp, uh, a podcast or writing mm -hmm. a book or doing different things to, you know, flourish more with your gift. And I just kept, you know, I kept pushing it to the side. I'm just a girl from Miami. Nobody knows me. I'm not that important. My story is just like everybody else's. I came up with a million excuses to not do it. And then finally, I just said, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I did it. 
Excellent. I love it. I love it. It's it's interesting, especially um, first time authors always think my story is not important. Who's going to listen? Like, you know, what's mm -hmm. the point of me sharing this? And I went through the same things when I was writing my first book. And I'm telling you, every person that has been given a story um, should mm -hmm. tell it in the way that they need to. And you really did that with this particular book, mm -hmm. especially, you know, it being your first book, your first published book, hopefully many more will come from this and other opportunities will come from this. But, you know, hearing you say that your family was, um, is a very open and candid family allowed you to be able to express yourself in the way that you have in this particular book. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk a little bit more about how you got to the place of actually writing this book, because with Diary of a Hopeful Romantic, it's a compilation of short stories of interviews that you did with other individuals who have been in some uh, very interesting <laughs> relationships. <laughs> and one of the things I said to Sonetta at the very beginning is, I couldn't tell which of these stories were hers, which I think she did that on purpose. <laughs> yes, but, I did. Yes. So maybe tonight she'll share you know which ones were about her and if not that's okay but what i do enjoy mm -hmm. is that there's a variety of things that happen within these different stories and so many themes so many themes found um within the different stories of the individuals that you interviewed as well mm -hmm. as the experiences that you had so tell me how you came about um, actually finding these people to talk to about their different relationship experience or situationships <laughs> that they experienced. <laughs> okay. Well, well, of course the book is titled diary of a whole romantic. So initially it was going to be all my stories. So that's how I started. You know, it, that's how I started. Mm -hmm. So while I'm writing the book, I'm like, okay, I have some very interesting stories, but there's a lot of things I have not experienced in life. And I felt like other people can help with the book and, as, and, and, and impact other people with their stories. Mm -hmm. Like, thankfully, I have not had a, a physical abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. I can't speak on that. So, you know, just to get other perspectives and on different love relationships, you know, we're losing you a little bit, Sonetta. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think you're coming back. Okay. Can you hear me? Can you hear yeah. us? Yeah. Okay. The first thing I did was I put out, you know, anyone has a story that, yes, I can hear you. I said, the first thing I did was I put a post on social media and I was just like, anyone want to share their story for a project? And I didn't get many hits. So I end up, I end up getting like maybe two people to share their stories, just strangers. Mm -hmm. So um, the rest came from family, friends, and people who knew this project had started. Okay. Wow. Um, mm -hmm. That's quite interesting <laughs> because so many mm -hmm. times you know, when you put a, a call out for people to like kind of tell their stories, people will be raising their hands like, oh, I want to tell it. But I think what happens sometimes is when you begin to say, hey, let's talk about love and relationships. Sometimes people could be embarrassed, mm -hmm. right, to share their story. Mm -hmm. They could feel uncomfortable yeah. sharing their story about what they've been through in these different relationships. Mm -hmm. And so clearly the individuals that you interviewed for your book, they were not uncomfortable. They let it you know, yeah. all out. So let me ask you this. As you were interviewing these individuals, did you, did they kind of share their stories with you verbatim and then you wrote them? Like, how did you go about, um, you know, bringing the stories together in this book? Okay. Uh, like one, okay. I'll tell you how I started with one of the stories. I told them to tell me the, the whole story and I, I recorded it. And while I was writing, I, I was painting the picture of how I thought they might feel. And if there were certain things that I did not know how they felt, I would just ask them, like, okay, like, what did you feel in this moment? And I described it. Like, one time, uh, I'm not going to get too detailed, but someone gave me uh, a sexual scene. 
but they was very vague with it. And I took it upon myself to just elaborate on how I felt with experiences I've had or whatever. So I just take what they tell, told me and I elaborated on it. Some of the stories, they left out details and I just added different details that I thought would make it more interesting or that will get the point across better to the reader. Oh, I love that. Okay, so essentially you took these true stories and you, like you said, you elaborated or kind of fictionalized some of it to just give it some oomph, right? Some real um, yes. interest that would pique the reader's desire to read more. And you definitely did that. I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. You did that. Um, so let's talk about some of the themes that are found within this book because there's a multitude. Um, how many people, how many people all together did you interview? Okay. Ooh, that's a secret. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I'll say, I'll say we're gonna go with eight. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, okay, all right. So then that means there's a I lot of it's about that are your own. Okay. So as you were going through and you interviewed these individuals, yes. did you? Um, um, for your out of, there are 16 chapters. Out of the 16 okay. chapters, four of them are mine. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. That's good to know. Four of them are yours. Now, as you were going through. Repeat the question. As you were going through, did you notice um, the themes that were coming out? What I found most often in some of the stories, there were themes of infidelity quite a bit, themes of narcissism, which was mm -hmm. big. Um, there were some domestic mm -hmm. you know, issues that were faced. What were you feeling as you were going through? Did you say, hey, you know, I noticed I'm getting more of this topic or more of this topic and Maybe I want to have, you know, less of this and more of that. What was your process in deciphering which of those stories you were going to put into the book? Um, I didn't have a process as far as eliminating things. I was including everything I can think of to, so that the audience can relate to the stories. I didn't want it to be just one sided as, you know, infidelity but I did end up having a lot of infidelity issues um, within the book. But it was never just, okay, I want this, I want that. I just wanted a, I wanted a melting pot of, of issues going on. One of the things I did want to the reader to, to, to get from the book is like, I'm sorry drew a blank when the, the, the screen went off, I drew a blank. But uh, one of the, 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 um, the issues I wanted them to get is accountability and and basically seeing how the story unfold and what could have been prevented in the beginning. That was one of my main things I wanted to like uh, get to the, get across to the reader because a lot of times we always point the finger at the other gender and there's a lot of things that were red flags in the beginning that we just ignored. So one of the major things is ignoring red flags. So, yes. That is the number one topic I want to talk about tonight. Ignoring the red flags. Because in pretty much every one of these stories, there were red flags right at the beginning. Went out. We, can, we can hear you. We can hear you. Can you hear us? Okay. Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Yes. So there were red flags pretty much through the every one of these stories. There were red flags. And you said something so important about accountability, because what we realized by the end of each of these chapters is the individual you interviewed, whether it be the woman or the man, had to get to a place of realizing that, oh, you know what? I saw this in the beginning. I should have, you know, stayed away from this person, but I didn't. I let my feelings get involved. I let my heart take over. I let my body take over. And I didn't really sit still to say this person is not right for me. And so we find that so often in relationships. I'm guilty. I've done it, you know. And so mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about even in some of your own situations where the red flags mm -hmm. were like waving and they were like, Sonetta, girl, please run the other way. Stop it. <laughs> turn around and leave this person alone. Tell us a little bit about what was going through your mind that made you say, you know what? I still want to pursue it regardless of the red flags. Oh, oh, 
Okay, well, one of the stories, uh, let me see which one I'll reveal. Okay, I, I tell everyone the first story is me. So I'll mm -hmm. go with the first story. Okay. That is a true story of my 70-year-old self <laughs> experiencing love for the first time. So, um, of course, you know, when you experience in love for the first time, you don't know what that feeling is. And I wanted that feeling to be conveyed to the audience, like, you know, the tightness in your chest. So you don't know what it is. You don't know you're going through heartbreak. So I just try to describe those feelings to the reader. But um, it was my first love. So, you know, I kept ignoring different red flags, not knowing any better, you know, letting my heart lead instead of my mind. And so I didn't have that growth. Mm -hmm. And even though there were other stories where I did have the wisdom, I'll say you just holding on to that initial feeling that, that, that you know, the, the, the butterflies in the beginning, how they treat you in the beginning, you're still holding on to that memory. And even though they're showing you who they are, you still remember who they were. And that is sometimes keeping people in relationships. Hmm. That that was good. Yeah. Even <laughs> though you know who they are, you still remember you know, you remember who they were. And that is okay, girl, you just did something. I got goosebumps when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it's true. Like we're holding on to that first initial feeling, how they made us feel. And no matter what they're doing to us, no matter what they've done. And how much we need to kick them to the curb. We are still like, no, but I remember when. And it was so beautiful. And I loved it. And uh, Carol says, so true, right? And yes. unfortunately, that happens so often for us as women, right? As women, mm -hmm. we're the ones that will hold on to who that person used to be. And let me just stop here and say, again, welcome, everyone, for joining us. We know that some are going to join live. Some will join on the replay and watch um, Sonetta tell her story about the diary of a hopeful romantic. But thank you for watching Storytime with Stephanie, a segment of the Writer's Anointing podcast. Feel free to join us, comment, uh, share your comments. You can ask questions. We'll have an opportunity for you to ask Sonetta questions um, and for her to respond. But feel free to just jump into the comments and we'll continue on with the conversation. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about to Sonetta is the whole accountability piece, right? The first story you said was about you, 17 year old, young girl, first love, and you got duped, right? Like this guy really messed with your mind, messed with your heart and at 17, sometimes we just don't know better, right? But at what point did you stop to say, all right, I have to take responsibility and accountability for my own actions here. Um, I've seen this and I need to step away. What was that process like for you? Okay, well, at... 17, well, by the time the relationship was ended, I, I was like 20. Mm -hmm. um, I decided that I, um, like one of the things in that story, I won't give away too many details, was I found out within the first conversation, I think that he had a baby on the way. And <laughs> that was like a hell of a red flag. So I should have left that alone. And then in the beginning of my 20s, because of that horrible experience that I had with the baby mama drama, I didn't even want to date anybody who had kids for a while. I don't, I think I was just scared straight for a while. So it taught me to just be um, more picky or more, uh, hope, have better standards for myself as far as dating. You know, I, I started to know what I liked. I knew that I liked someone who likes to be around me a lot. I knew that I liked someone that was affectionate. So it, it taught me things that I like and it taught me. You broke up a little bit, but I think I think I heard what you said. You were able to get to a place of setting standards for yourself. And even though throughout those first three years with your first relationship, 
you really didn't know what you wanted. You really didn't know what to um, expect from someone else because this was your first mm -hmm. real experience. But having gone mm -hmm. through that and then having other relationships, you began to see, wait a minute, there's some things that I have to make sure I'm getting out of this relationship. Mm -hmm. There's things that I'm going to give, but there are definitely some things that I need to get, right? And so by you setting those standards, did right. you find that your relationship started to get better or did you find that you still kind of ended up in the same mess of relationships? <laughs> I hope you can hear me because it's starting to chop, be a little choppy. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? It's starting to get a little choppy. Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Um, my relationships did get better, but it was kind of funny. And, and that's another reason why um, the theme in my book is like humor, because I started to like kind of laugh at my relationships a little bit. Uh, it was like the game got better. You think you learned it and, you, and then another game gets played on you. So it's like you learn lessons. But then it's like something else happens. So you, you you get away from the baby mama drama, but then you end up with a manipulative person and you get rid of the manipulative person and you get someone uh, um, that's like a not financially stable. It's always something. So mm -hmm. every time I learn one lesson, I end up learning more lessons from my other relationships. <laughs> <laughs> but the quality overall got better. <laughs> quality overall got better. Like my first, uh, I should have mentioned it more in the book, but he set the bar very high as far as how I wanted to be treated. You know, he used to call me his queen. He made me feel so special. So that's why I said, you know, a lot of times we hold on to how we initially felt in that relationship. And then you wondering where that person is, or you're trying to wait for that person to evolve and become that person who you thought they were in the beginning. So he, he definitely, he definitely raised the bar and he also taught me a lot of lessons and relationships. Yeah. I think every relationship is like that. And I saw a comment from Carol. It says different men brought different mess. <laughs> and Basically. that's so true, right? That's so true that you, you had to experience different lessons with different men in order to really get to a place of saying, okay, enough is enough. And you also had to do some introspection. What What is it within me that I need to start doing differently so that maybe I attract the right man? Uh, and when I attract the right man, he stays. You said something, I, I don't know if this is your quote, but I'm going to say it was yours. And I loved it mm -hmm. because it said, it seemed that getting a man to love me was like a secret that was guarded and encased within some heightened level of wisdom and self-love that I didn't have or know how to obtain. And when I read that, I was like, ooh, highlight all over that. Because that, <laughs> again, I don't know if that was you or that was the person you interviewed, but that was such a, an open reflection of, like, I don't love myself. You know, if, if right. I don't love myself, how is anyone else going to love me? Right? And right. so- right. Let's, I'm sorry, I don't want to mispronounce your name, but we have a comment that says, I agree with Carol, but they made you better in the long run. And that is absolutely true. Every relationship made you yes. better. Let's talk about that whole self-love piece, getting to that place of loving yourself enough that someone else can come and love you the way that you desire. Ooh, yes. So every relationship, I learned more about myself. And I felt like certain things that I stayed in, it, it, it was a reflection of not loving yourself, not valuing yourself. It's like, you know, one day you just finally wake up or you just finally get tired. And then you look back at some of the things that you put up with and you're like, you know what? I don't deserve that. But if he if that's if I'm allowing it, then not that I deserve it, but it's going to happen. You know, like you allowed that, you know, it's how, how do you say, uh, you treat, you, you tell people how to treat you yes. and we don't know that. 
but if you if you tell a person or you show a person that I will accept this respect, then they're going to continue to do it. So that's what I learned about a lot about myself. I was teaching them how to treat me. And I didn't absolutely. know that. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us some of the things that you had to begin to do in order to develop that self-love, because so many people will say, oh, you know, I, I just had to start loving myself. But what did that look like for you practically so that you could then invite in the men that would truly treat you the way that you desire to be treated? Okay, number one, reflection. I will always just, I'm over, I overanalyze a lot of things. I'm overthinker. So I will always just think about the whole relationship from the beginning to the beginning, from the beginning to the end. Like, you know, why did I do this? Or why did I do that? Or why did he do this? And why did he do that? And so one thing was accountability, you know, reflection, accountability. And I also just took some time to just, just, just be still for a second. Cause sometimes I would get out of a relationship. I'll log on to a website some weeks or months later and then start the process all over again. So I had to just be still for a little bit and then move forward. Uh, another thing that I did was I would really just ask someone like, you know, most people won't agree with this, but if I had a decent relationship with an ex, I would ask them, you know, what could have been, what could have done better? Not to make you stay or anything, but as a whole, as a person, what could have made me a better person? So, you know, I know that's, you know, not something people would normally agree with, but I really did that with a couple exes. Um, and that helped me grow as well. I, I love that. We have a comment that says, I had now, to seize my relationship. I had to heal myself and took time to find out and learn me that. And that's exactly mm -hmm, what you, yes. that's exactly what you did. And what I love what you said is you took the time to ask questions of those that you had dated in the past. I think that's an excellent thing to do, especially if you have a good enough relationship where they'll be honest and tell you the truth. I've done that, mm -hmm. right? Hey, I want to know yeah. what could I do differently so that I don't end up mm -hmm. in the same type of situation. Um, I don't behave mm -hmm. in the way that I may have behaved, right? And I think mm -hmm. that's an excellent thing that we can do to make sure that we understand the other person's perspective about us, but it gives us that time to reflect, like you said, on what you can do differently. And so taking that time out to be by yourself for however long you think you need to, because some people only need like 90 days. Some people need a whole year. Some people need five years. Right. You get to decide that, right? But in the time that you take, <laughs> it needs right. to be useful, right? You need to be doing something to work on mm -hmm. yourself. So when you did start doing those things, what did you find mm -hmm. as far as the men that started to come into your life at that point? Uh, one of the things I also did, I forgot to write down. I actually wrote down a list of things that I actually wanted. And um, as a matter of fact, I, I have a boyfriend right now. I've been dating for almost a year and five months, I think. But I had put a post on Facebook listing everything I wanted in a man. And I said at the end, yeah, I know it's me. This, you know, like it's a fairy tale. I know it's just me. It's not going to happen. And I just said that to just kind of, you know, so I won't get all that backlash, but it was my real list. And I end up meeting someone who basically was everything on that list except for one thing. And, and I think that was, that's another thing that you can do. Um, really write down what you want. Really know yourself, really know yourself and know what you want. But also setting standards, like I said in the beginning, there are certain things I just will not, I will not take or not date. And I didn't hold on to things when I started noticing patterns in the beginning. So as I got older, one main thing for me was consistency. If I didn't see consistency, I'm 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 gone. Like, yeah. I didn't waste any time trying to wait for the consistency. If I didn't mm -hmm. see that consistency in the beginning, the, the consistent phone calls, the consistent dates, whatever it may be, 
I I didn't waste any time. Like some people date differently. I say date how you date, but how I date, if you're not trying exactly. to call me, you're not trying to see me, it's not going to work. And um, I was still running to, you know, certain guys I would not be in dating for long term, but mm-hmm. I I didn't hold on to them. That was the main thing. So yeah. um, it, it definitely helped improve my love life as far as not holding on to things I know I didn't want in my in my life. Very good. Very good. Ashley Grace says, yes, that's good advice. Feedback about others' experience with us can be so valuable, albeit hard to hear at times. And yes, it can be very difficult to hear what someone else has to say about you, but it is valuable. It's helpful, right? Because it allows you yes. to even get to that place of not just making a list of the things that you want out of that potential mate, but the things that you expect of yourself as well, right? The things that you plan to uphold yourself to, the things that you want to make sure that you're doing consistently for yourself as well, so that when that mate comes into your life, they're going to be consistently doing the things that you desire for them to do as well. So I love that. And thank you all for the questions, the comments, the feedback. Please continue to share throughout the show. Um, Sonetta, there's a few other themes in the book that I wanted to touch on and feel free to let us know if it was your own story or someone else's, but the chapter about the narcissist, my God, (laughs) the narcissist chapter, I sat there and I'm like, is this for real? (laughs) Some of these stories, you have to sit back and say, my God, people actually experience this stuff. So Tell us a little bit about that particular chapter, whether it was your story or if you've encountered a narcissist in your own dating life, what did that look like for you? Can you see us, Anetta? Oh, goodness. I cannot hear the question. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Okay. Can you hear me now? I kind of went out. I did not hear the question. I'm so sorry. (laughs) That's okay. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Okay. So the question is about the chapter about the narcissist. I don't know if that was a chapter about your own real life dating experience or someone else's, but yes, um, if you've been through that particular situation with dating a narcissist, tell us what that experience Mm -hmm. was like and how someone can actually pick up on if this person is a narcissist or not. Ooh, okay. That relationship lasted three years. And uh, that it, that relationship was my story. Yes, okay. the narcissist. That was my story, yes. But that relationship lasted three years. And one of the things that stuck out the most was he made me question myself so much. Like... You know, I will be, you know, am, are, you're so insecure or you're so this and you're so that. And you're like, wait a minute. I thought I was confident. I I thought I was this. I thought I was that. And he, he would constantly make me out to be the person. Uh, like, for example, if I see him talking to someone at a party much too cozy than they should be. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? you know, with that situation. Oh, you're so insecure. You're this, you're that. And it was constantly what I found out later is gaslighting, like making me out to be the person when it wasn't me the whole time. Uh, He was just very manipulative. Uh, He, one time I remember I went out with him and his guy friends to a pool hall and um, he, I said, well, how did, what your guy's friends think about me? Cause it was my first time meeting his friends. And he was just like, Oh, they said you were cool, but one person said you can you can you can stand to lose 10 pounds. What? <laughs> and I felt like, yes. So later on, after I saw the constant like manipulation, the emotional abuse, the you know, the words and the certain things, I realized later on, I was like, you know what? That was probably him telling me I need to go to the gym, I need to lose 10 pounds, but he used yep other people to say it about me it was just constantly making me feel a certain way when i knew i wasn't going crazy like 
it happen often. <laughs> and that is what narcissistic people do. I, I'm like, I'm seeing comments coming on the side and I'm like, yeah, that is what narcissistic people do because they will always have you over in a corner somewhere thinking, oh my God, it's me. It's me. Like everything mm -hmm. is my fault. And no, it is an extreme form of manipulation. It is mm -hmm. an extreme form of um, just making you feel like you're going crazy. And that's the unfortunate mm -hmm. part about being in relationship with a narcissist. And so Sonetta, when you look back at that particular relationship and how you entered into that relationship, what were some of the red flags that you now can go back and say, man, I saw this and I should have gone the other way, but I still pursued it. And I, I stayed in this thing for three years, <laughs> even when he was making me crazy. Oh, the red, flags? the red flags. Okay. One of the red flags was he went out of town and I could not get in contact with him the whole weekend. Red flag, like leave. <laughs> and I, I believed this BS. And I was like, you know, I knew it didn't feel right. I knew it wasn't right. But, and that was very early on. Like I could have left at that time, but yeah. You know, I believe that BS. Um, another situation was um, I, I talked to, I spoke about it in, in the story where uh, he was leaving my apartment and his ex-girlfriend was downstairs and she was acting a whole fool and yeah. showing me pics in her phone and saying all kind of stuff and he was saying you know things to her you know you ain't i'm not with you anymore and we it's been over you're you know just just saying things to her and i'm like in my mind yeah. my naive mind i'm like he's saying how he feels in front of me to her yeah. so it has to be true yeah. and it, it was he was still involved and i should have just left then drama i should have just left then so it was different red flags those three were definitely red flags yeah i think what happens sometimes um especially if just like you when you were 17 the first relationship that you had there were there were levels of drama in that and sometimes you feel like well maybe that's what relationships are supposed to be like and so you often find yourself in relationships that are just dramatic, right? And you begin to believe that that's what it's supposed to be. If there's no drama, then I guess there's no love and I guess there's no excitement. But th that's yes. far from the truth, right? And exactly. So you had to get yourself to a place of figuring out what, what in me is allowing this drama to continue to persist, right? Because you had drama in the first relationship and drama in the... <laughs> the fourth relationship that you reveal in the story, right? And mm -hmm. but you had to get to a place of saying, okay, no more drama. Plug to mm -hmm. Mary J. Blige, no more drama. I don't want right. this in my life anymore. And so what did you do to start purging yourself of the drama in your own life, in your own self, so that you no longer attracted those types of relationships? Oh, uh, I... I just did not stand for. I stopped. I stopped believing that struggles came with relationships. Like I was not a. I was just not for the drama, not for the struggle love. I post about it often. I am totally against struggle love. I don't believe we have to go through so much drama in the beginning of our relationship. You know, life relationship happens. Maybe something might happen five years down the line. I don't know, but to go through that struggle love process in the beginning, just for someone to say, I value you and I'm going to marry you. No, don't drag me through hell and then tell me I'm valuable later. I don't, I don't believe in struggle love anymore. <laughs> Somebody so, put that one up. Don't drag me through hell. <laughs> okay. No. Like no. put that up because that is so true. Like we, we feel like if there's no struggle, there's no love. And that's far from the truth. That is far. Right. I believe that relationships, yes, they're going to have their challenges, but there should be a level of ease and grace that comes mm -hmm. with that relationship where yes. it feels so comfortable and so light and so easy right, yes. to be in that relationship. Who in the heck wants to fight all day long and call mm -hmm. that love? That's so pointless. Right. Yes. Like oh. someone said, oh, I need to see someone in all seasons. I totally disagree with that. Like, 
first of all, like, how long I got to wait for certain seasons to happen? You know, <laughs> am I supposed to wait for you to be broke? Am I supposed to wait for you to be sick? Am I supposed to wait for you to yell at me for you oh to God. say, okay, this is, this is going to work. You know, like, mm -hmm. I don't believe that we have to go through all seasons in the, you know, in the beginning. Yes. I don't, I totally disagree with struggle love. Uh, I love it. I love that. I love that. Um, yeah, I, you know what? <laughs> I like literally just, I just heard something for you in my spirit. Like that's your next book, right? About <laughs> the, the whole seasons. Like you don't have to go through all the seasons. No, of, you do of not. A relationship. You don't have to go through that, right? So start thinking about that. That might be the next book you write. <laughs> yes, I cannot. I, 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 when I hear it all the time, oh, I got to see you in every different light. No, you do not. Like, why do I have to hit rock bottom for you to right. say, yeah, she's a rider? No, <laughs> I don't want to be broke. I don't want to be sick. I don't want to have... I, I don't want to see you cheat and say, oh, yeah, I stayed. Like, right. no. <laughs> I can't remember which story it was, but there was one of the stories where the the girl was like, she decided to leave, right? Because she was just sick and tired of the infidelity. He had this, you know, extra girlfriend, multiple girlfriends on the side. But then he left the one, he left her and then said he stayed with the other girl because she was loyal. <laughs> That was the narcissist. That was the, and I was going to bring that up when I, like I said, sometimes I reflect on, you know, what was it? I, so I asked him, I was like, you know what? You know, our relationship was over. Yeah. And at this point I was being vindictive. I was, mm -hmm. you know, I went back because I felt like, okay, she cheated. He cheated with her. And so if I cheat, if he's cheating with me, it's no big deal because he's she's already cheated, you know, whole yeah. triangle mess. I didn't have any remorse for her because she didn't leave the relationship alone when he was dating me. So it was like I didn't have any respect for her and like she didn't have respect for me. So anyway, this is one of those last moments. This is about to be it. This is us just closing the door on a whole relationship. We argued. We had sex. We argued. This is it. We know this is about to be it. So I asked him, I was like, you know, what was it? You know, what, what, what was it about her? Cause we, he met us at like around the same time and he yeah. was juggling both. And um, you can read more about the details in the book, but I'll say a little bit, he was juggling both and he was able to, because she was 19 and I was 28. Yeah. So here it is. She can't do what I can do because of you know curfew money whatever it may be yeah so i was like it, it was mind-boggling i was like why would you choose her yeah over me like what made you choose her so he said she's loyal and i was like <laughs> laughing that was one of those things where you you try to get feedback on yourself but you just yeah. like okay this is some bs i'm not gonna yeah. put this in my spirit i'm not gonna i'm not going to put this one in my spirit no right I'm not yeah but he said i was not loyal because when she found out about me she stayed and when i found out about her i left and that made me disloyal <laughs> Sonetta, when I read that part, I, I wanted to throw the book across the room <laughs> <laughs> because I'm sitting there thinking, what, like, wh what was going through his mind to even think that it wasn't about her being loyal. She just did not love herself. That's what it was. She did not love herself enough to leave. Right. right. Yeah. She said, let's be real. She, <laughs> let's be real. She was a tenderoni. Exactly. Right. She was right. young. She was young in age, young in mind, young in maturity. And so she had, yeah. she didn't know better. It wasn't about being loyal because if anyone was loyal, you were loyal in the situation, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. You didn't know any better, but yes. said, leading I was just like, mm -mm. no, yeah. ma'am. <laughs> I, I guess that was, you know, she hit the jackpot, you know, he was 30 something established yeah. financially. So, you know, she yeah. felt like she had something. And when I realized what I had gone through for three years, I was like, you can have them. <laughs> you, you know what? The book is not just because 
sometimes it, you know you had to kind of think about okay is this a is this a woman telling this story or is this a man because sometimes you know the the names but mm-hmm. you there was one particular story that you share where it was clear that that was a man and he was um he had met this woman that he started dating right it was i think the police officer scenario mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the, the story cracked me up because i was thinking <laughs> wow first of all he was brave to get with a police officer mm-hmm. and because and you all can read the book but his background experience to me would have said stay away from a police officer okay mm-hmm. and but here it was men get duped too it's not right. always the women and in that particular story i felt so bad for him because he poured so much of himself um his mm-hmm. finances his you know his physicality he poured so much of himself into this relationship only for her to be the one to mm-hmm. use him and mistreat him and to um cheat on him right mm-hmm. and so tell us about like that interview when you were talking to him and he was sharing because he he was dramatic too because he 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 uh <laughs> he, he was a full on actor at one point he he got an academy award you know for <laughs> outstanding performance uh, when she did something to him, but yeah, tell us what that interview was like when you had a conversation with him. Uh, like I uh, said in the beginning, um, I like to have humor to my stories because that's a part of my personality. I said the book is an extension of my personality. Mm -hmm. So even though it's talking about all these love and heartbreak situations, I wanted the reader to still laugh. So his story was one of the easiest stories to write because I didn't have to add in the humor. He is funny. He, I didn't have to add any of my, my spark or humor. Yeah. I just had to just write it however, you know, add in the fillers and everything. But I just asked him everything. And he was very dramatic when he told me. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I'm not even going to change the way he said it. I'm going to write some of this. This is exactly how he said it. He was, he's, he's hilarious. So it was funny. It was a very funny interview. Yeah, he was. He was. He was helpful. He was in bringing the humor to that story. But I felt sorry for him because he ended up having um two stories in a book. So I really felt sorry for him. Yeah. Oh. Okay, maybe I didn't get to that one yet because I didn't get through everything, but I'm like, I'm going to still continue to read because I need to know what happens. But it's, um, you know, that that particular story was just a testament to how men can so easily be taken as well. And that there are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. manipulative, devious women who will prey mm-hmm. on someone like him, right? Because he was he was like an easy target honestly, for someone like her, mm-hmm. he was an easy target mm-hmm. because he was afraid of her, essentially, because right. of who she was. Right. And so he was able to mm-hmm. easily manipulate that situation to get what she wanted. And how often do we end up in situations like that where we might be actually fearful of the person that we're in relationship with? So we will succumb to anything, right? And mm-hmm. you got to tell me which one is his other story because I got to get to that one quickly so I can... Uh, <laughs> Let's see what else happens. I will. I will. <laughs> yes. Uh, out of the four, four of the stories, four, four or five, four, four of the stories are male point of views. I didn't okay. want the book to be just like, oh, a woman bashing book. So I said, I'm yes. going to get other people's point of view. So four or five of the stories. I think you, uh, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. Yes, definitely let me know. So, and everyone, we're running um, Sonetta's information across the screen as well. So you'll be able to, again, follow her on social media. She's at Miss Hopeful um, Hopeful Romantic. And you can also ensure that you click the link. We will make sure that the link is within the comments so that you can click right on it and grab a copy of her book. Okay. So again, follow her on Instagram at Miss Hopeful Romantic. And I love what she said about being hopeful instead of hopeless, because so often we enter into relationships and relationships go bad. And so we think that there's no hope, but Sonetta helps us to know that there is hope. We can be hopeful that love can really prevail in relationships. And I think Sonetta's frozen, so I'm not sure if she can hear us, but um, I have appreciated this time with Sonetta 
Um, I absolutely appreciate the comments um, that have come through. Oh, we lost the meta. Hopefully she'll be able to pop back in. But, oh, there she is. Okay, she's coming back. Okay. Meta, hey, yay, she's back. <laughs> I said, I'm just going to use my cell phone. I hope this is better. <laughs> this is perfect. This is perfect. What I was mm -hmm. just saying is that, you know, just kind of reiterating what you were sharing about being hopeful instead of hopeless, right? That there is still hope for relationships. There can still be joy in relationships. It, it takes work on our okay. parts, right? Um, it takes understanding who we are, what we desire, what we will and will not accept, right? Those non-negotiables list, right? You yeah. said- you created a list and the guy that you're dating now and have been dating for over a year, that was only one thing on the list. And so clearly that was not a non-negotiable, right? Because you're still together and mm -hmm. that's okay. I've, I've know plenty of women who've done, I had a friend actually that made her list. She put it in her Bible. She prayed on it. And the man that came into her life was like everything that mm -hmm. she desired and had prayed for on her list. Right. So mm -hmm. it's possible when you're hopeful, when you're hopeful, mm -hmm. And so if you were to give the audience just some nuggets of wisdom from your own dating experiences, your own dating challenges, your own dating, um, you know, wonderful experiences, what would be some of the encouragement that you would give them to help them to know that continue to be hopeful because there is love out there for them. There is that wonderful person no one's perfect but that wonderful person that will really bring a level of um joy and peace to a relationship with them so tell us a little bit um about some of the wisdom you want to share with the audience okay but um like i said i i i'm hopeful and i think a lot of people should be hopeful and never give up. I, you know, everyone jokes and says, I got one relationship in me. I've said that so many times, but just never give up. Like it's out there. It's for, if it's for you, if it's meant to be, it will be. Uh, one thing I would like to say that we really didn't touch on is a lot of times we want certain things in other people, but are we who we should be? Are, are we making sure we're in the right place at the right time? Are we equipping ourselves with all the things that we need to have a healthy relationship? You know, are you working on that attitude? Are you working on being humble? Are you working on uh, your finances? Are you working on your, your level of respect, your loyalty, your whatever it is that you want in a man? I used to always say, whatever I have, I expect him to have or more. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to ask for something that I don't have. Yes. And if you're not a good person, Ooh. how can you expect someone to be a good person to you? I mean, good person. Yes. Because a lot of people think they're good people yes. and they're not good people. How can you be a genuine good person and you will probably meet a genuine good person? Yeah. But you have to, you know, some people come in and they, they're not quite right. And that's when you have to use your discernment and knowing if that person is or trying to know, because you never know some days, but trying to know if that person is a good person and starting with the consistency. Bad people cannot be consistent forever. Oh, say that again. Say it again, Sonetta. People can't be consistent forever. That consistency is big. Big. Somebody post that. Somebody post that. Bad people can't be consistent forever. And so they tell on themselves with their inconsistency. They will. they will. I dated a pastor for four months, not four months, for four weeks. <laughs> Bad people cannot be consistent forever. <laughs> they will tell on themselves some way, some form yep. in that consistency. Yes. <laughs> Tamela says, a pastor? <laughs> yes, ma'am. There's a pastor in the books. That's not my story, but that's a pastor in the book. Thank God that's not your story. <laughs> it's not my story, but there's a pastor in the book. Oh my God. There, there's literally like every scenario you can think of is in this book. I love the fact that you were able to take this and you didn't just tell your own story, right? Because while your story may be common for so many people, 
mm-hmm. you were able to take other people's stories and show the commonalities in relationship, mm-hmm. right? That we're mm-hmm. all walking through some of the very same situations and relationships. They may happen in different ways because some of these things I'm like, Lord Jesus, I, I would have just run. Like I would have <laughs> run as soon as they did that. But you know, we're, we're all at different yeah. levels now. I'm much more mature now. Back then, I probably would have been like, "Oh, I just love him. I just stay. I just love him. I think he's gonna be wonderful." And we think we can change right. them, right? but you and have to know that hope. you cannot change anyone. They have to be willing to change themselves, and they don't have to change themselves for you. They need to change themselves for themselves, right? Right. And so, right. um, I'm gonna let you share anything else that you want to share and if anybody else has any final comments i saw someone say that they have a copy of the book and they enjoyed it definitely oh, grab your you. copy of sonetta's book okay Thank um you. we'll have the link um in my link tree as well so if you go on the page and you click on my link you'll be able to get to her book we'll post the link in the comments um, but it's misshopefulromantic.com you can get your book you can grab it on amazon as well you want to make sure that and you follow Audible. her. And where else? Where else? And Audible. <laughs> and Audible. Oh, look. So you can listen to the book as well. That is my okay. voice. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's, I love that. That's even better, right? So they get to hear it mm-hmm. in your own voice, which is, I'm mm-hmm. sure, very exciting. So definitely grab a copy of this book, get it on Audible, share it with your friends because it is funny. It, it is a little explicit. I'm going to be honest. I was like, whoa, but, <laughs> but it is truly um, an amazing way to hear what other people have walked through in a relationship, how they were able to, able to overcome. Because what I do enjoy at the end of many of these stories is you see how they overcame, right? How they were able to get out of the situation, what they learned about themselves from the situation that they didn't just leave the situation and was like, okay, whatever, let me jump to the next thing. They learned something. And so that's what I hope all of us, (laughs) she's like, yes, I had to stop reading for a minute. Yeah, I was like, hold on, let me fan myself. What is happening here? Woo, right? (laughs) I just sprinkled it a little bit in there. I try not to keep, you know, Try not to have too much of it, but I sprinkled it in there. <laughs> Look, your sprinkle was like a whole like tsunami. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Now. Let me let me come on back from this. But you know, for some people it's a sprinkle. For me, it was a tsunami. It's all right. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> no, I mean I sprinkled it throughout the book. No, the scenes were vivid, but I sprinkled it throughout the book. I didn't have it all, you know, every story was not a sex story. That's true. Very true. One thing I will mm-hmm. say, though, Sonetta, is you're an excellent writer. You are an excellent oh. writer. As I was Thank reading these you. stories, I'm like this, and I'm a writing coach, so I, I see all kinds of stories, and I was like, wow, you know, she has a gift, right? You have a mm-hmm. gift to write, and so I hope that this is not the last book that you write. Um, I believe that you have many more to come. You have so many other stories to share. Um, hopefully we'll hear something great about this relationship that you're currently in. That is going to be long lasting. Like we're going to be praying for that for you. Um, but I definitely believe that there's so much more to come from you. Um, you have a power in the way that you write. You have a gift in the way that you tell stories. You are a, oh, wow. I was just going to say you are a story, a great storyteller. And Carol said, excellent storyteller which you definitely are. Um, and so I know that there's more to come from you. Is there anything that you're working on right now? Anything you want to share with the audience so that they can know um, what's you know coming next for Miss Hopeful Romantic? Uh, I'm just still trying to think of what my next book will be. Uh, right now I'm bouncing around the idea of uh, online dating book because oh. I have 20 plus years in online dating. And when I say that, usually people are like, what you know i i that that's one of my places i like to go when i'm single um so a lot of people are scared to do it so that's 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 one thing i'm leaning towards and yes oh well you might just wait how many years did you say you have over 20 years of online dating experience girl okay look so you may have um a whole new realm opening up for you, which might be like online dating coach. (laughs) 
because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people and, and I, I'm not ashamed to admit I'm I'm petrified about the whole online dating thing, right? And so you may have some people that say, hey, you might need to coach me and teach me in this <laughs> space of online dating. So Sonetta, mm-hmm. never rule mm-hmm. that out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the guy I'm dating, he, um, I met him on online, uh, online dating okay. website as well. So yes. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. I love it. I love it. Well, this has been fabulous. Um, mm-hmm. I'm so thankful for all of you that joined us live. Thank you for everyone that will watch the replay. Everyone that will listen, um, through the podcast, the writer's anointing, which can be found on all of your major podcasting platforms. Um, Again, this is season three, and I'm just amazed um, at the level of talent that comes through um, our show. I'm so blessed um, that God has given me this platform to be able to feature individuals like Sonetta, um, to be able to share her story with the world, and really to be able to just reach another um, level of audience that may not have heard of her before. But trust me, you will be hearing so much more about her because there's so much more for her to share and to give to this world. And I'm just honored that you shared this space with me tonight, Sonetta. Um, we're sorry for all the technical glitches. We already know that, you know, those things happen, but it's yeah. okay. The point of what you had to share came across and came across well. Um, and you never know, you may be back for another season of Storytime Stephanie when you have your next book about online dating. Yeah. Right now, Diary of a Hopeful Romantic by Sonetta Guyton. Definitely go out and get this book, share with your friends, have conversations, right? And then follow Sonetta at Miss Hopeful Romantic and share your comments with her, share your feedback with her, right? So she can have some online dialogue with you all about this whole thing, love and relationships, because we all desire that in our lives. We all desire that love and that wonderful relationship that we can have that's long lasting. And so read the book, Share your comments with her. You can even come back on this page, this particular episode. Share your comments with us because we'd love to hear from you. So, Sonetta, any closing words from you? Um, Thank you for having me. You have definitely impacted me by just giving me those uh, positive words. Um, It's my first book, of course, so I was very nervous. I was very critical of myself. I was like, is it good enough? Can I compete? You know, I've all, I, I, I went through all those emotions and I just thank you so much for having me. I thank you all for buying the book. I thank you all for just giving me all your feedback. I've gotten so much feedback. Some of the feedback is funny. Some of the feedback is like, oh my God. Like one of the things I got when I first, when the book was first published, um, people crying and they were crying like in the first two chapters. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't think they were going to cry that soon. There's a chapter. Um, I'll say the last chapter. The last chapter, I I knew there was going to be tears, but I didn't expect so many people to start crying so soon. And they were crying because it spoke to their experiences. And some of them were actually going through it at that point, at that that time in their life. So I'm glad I can impact people. I'm glad I can tell my stories. I'm glad I can make people laugh. And I just say thank you for having me. Oh, I thank you. And thank you, everyone, for being with us tonight, for listening. Thanks to all of you for, um, if this is your first time watching Storytime with Stephanie, uh, we are here the second and fourth Monday of every month at 7 p.m. Eastern. So follow us on Facebook, Stephanie Outen Literary Doula. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with our next guest. And we love to showcase independent authors, self-published authors, traditionally published authors. Um, This is our platform. This is what we're all about. We love to make sure that those who have the courage to write their stories get the platform to be able to share it. So come back um, with us in a couple of weeks. We'll be right here with Storytime with Stephanie. I am so grateful to all of you. I'm grateful to you, Sonetta. And please, please message me (laughs) about the other chapter in that book. Chapter 12. Chapter 12? Chapter 12, Oasis of Drama. Oh, 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 I think that's about, okay, that's about where I was getting. So that's why I didn't get to it yet. Okay. Drama, yes. Excellent. Well, thank you so and much. The last, the last one is a tearjerker. I, I admit it's, it's oh boy. It's, it's <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to get my tissue ready for that last chapter. <laughs> so 
yeah, it's a sad one, but yes, no. yes. I thank you for all your feedback. Thank you again for having me. Absolutely. Thank you all, everyone. Y'all have a wonderful night and God bless. Bye-bye. <laughs>